podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Cool, go now. Yeah, go. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Chessy Hour. Um, you're here with me, Timson, and obviously Dan. What's up? How you doing, bro? I'm cool, man. I, I, we just come off a win that I didn't expect. So, yeah, I'm all good, man. And we're also here with Palumi. How you doing, my bro? Yes, bro. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, man. Always buzzing after a win, especially a big one. So, without any further ado, um, we'll just jump straight into it um, and talk about Chelsea's massive uh, win against Liverpool. Um, massive in the sense that it boosts our chances of a top four and... Um, despite Liverpool's poor home form, we do feel like charity FC at times. So to beat Liverpool at Anfield, regardless of the situation, is always particularly sweet. So um, let's start off with the lineups. Um, so there was no Tammy Abraham. Um, Tuchel alluded to um, his injury, so that wasn't too um, shocking. No Thiago Silva again. And um, obviously, Callum Hudson-Odoi was on the bench in favour of Rhys James. And um, Ben Chilwell uh, obviously kept his place at left wing back. What did you guys think of the lineup? Uh, Dan, I'll go, with, I'll go to you first. Cool. So what I've kind of noticed, obviously, we, we just came off the back of playing United and we played... Uh, uh, was it Hudson-Odoi started that match? Uh, yeah, Hudson-Odoi and Chilwell. Yeah. Yeah, so basically what I kind of noticed is because obviously Man United were definitely going to play fast attackers. We, they played Daniel James and they played Rashford. Um, it doesn't surprise me again that Chilwell um, kept his place because obviously Liverpool have Mane and Salah. So Rhys James, he's not going to risk Hudson-Odoi. 
um, as the right wing back when they've got two kind of of the best wide attackers. I know Mane's underperforming. So um, when I saw both of them starting, I was like, okay, okay, cool. He's going conservative. Um, And then it was interesting because Jorginho came in and it's so difficult to kind of um, get into Tuchel's headspace and to try to understand his picks because um, Jorginho, I, I don't know. I know he likes Jorginho, but Kante Kovacic, I think Kante had a great game in the Man United game off the ball. And, and I know he loves Kovacic, but obviously he may have just be re- been resting Kovacic. But it's just like at this point, he's really using the squad. There's there's only a few players that are constantly playing at this point. And at one point it was Kovacic, but obviously he's been rested a little bit. So Mount seems to be that player that is like a, a cornerstone at this point. Obviously Ziyech came in too. From the last match, I thought Ziyech was was bad. Whenever that halftime when um, Hudson Odoi came off, I think everybody thought uh, Ziyech was going to come off because he had such a bad performance. So to see Ziyech start again, I know that most of the fan base was like, "What the fuck?" Do you know what I'm saying? But um, and then Werner up top. Um, my my thing is when I see that lineup and I see Werner, uh, Mount, and Ziyech, I'm thinking there's not many goals in that. It's going to have to be someone's day. Do you know what I'm saying? Because Werner, you like, we all know Werner's confidence isn't there. Um, Ziyech, he's not really a goal scorer like that. Mount, not really a goal scorer like that. So I was just thinking, okay, cool. We, we're not conceding that many goals, which is great. Um, but in terms of the attack, I'm worried because if it's not one of those guys' days, then, yeah, if, if Werner doesn't put away one of his chances, then it's going to be a draw. Or if Liverpool kind of nick a goal or get... You know, just concede one, we're going to lose. So yeah, that, that was my thoughts on the lineup. I was probably um, most surprised that Ziyech, um made the start in eleven because he was probably um, the most disappointing in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, but into cool trust. Um, after at the start of the game, um, I kind of saw the. Um, the tactical benefits of having Jorginho in the squad, but um, I'll kick it back to Pels and ask what he thought about the lineup. Yeah, for me, the I'm really, really big on this whole like rotation um, tip he's on because for me, I think I've said it before in terms of squad squad kind of um, morale and, and just the atmosphere. Everyone needs to feel like there's an opportunity. I think. Really, the only people that haven't, I still feel like maybe haven't been given the biggest chances is Zuma. Um, obviously, Havertz has, has been kind of injured or come back a little bit later, but Zuma and, and Pulisic are probably now the, the only two where I feel like they've not played a great deal under him. Um, so seeing Chilwell keep his place, uh, I thought he did pretty well on on Sunday. And my feeling with him is is just that Ultimately, he's, he's for me, he's better than Alonso overall. Probably not, saddens me to say it, but he's probably not a better better wingback. Um, but for him to kind of have been competent and play play fairly well on Sunday, I was hoping again, you know, he'd, um, he'd start to form a bigger part of the side because I just think we're, we're better overall, maybe not so much in terms of goal presence um, in the box, but overall we're better and we're more solid and obviously he's, he's quicker like Dan said so I like that inclusion um, everyone else I was pretty happy with and I feel like I'm the only person I, I don't know if um, 
maybe just it was off a first first watch, but I wasn't too upset with ZX starting. Um, just because I know what he's capable of. And, and especially when I saw kind of Werner up top, I thought, who is the most likely player in the squad to release him? Um, Ziyech is kind of the man in my head. So even though his form's not been the best, um, I was okay with that. Uh, so yeah, overall, the lineup um, for me wasn't wasn't any... I'm, to be honest, I've not really taken any issue with any of his lineups. Mm. Um, and part, part of it is just down to honesty. Like, I can... I can prefer other players so like generally I prefer when Jorginho doesn't play um but I trust in the gaffer in this in this instance to like pick a squad with with a decent rationale and and I kind of believe in in his his observations in game typically so when a game ends I feel like he analyzes it pretty well um and his comments are, are usually in line with what I think or what most people think has happened in game um outside of the weird double sub that time. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like when he does pick a lineup, I'm not too um, alarmed by whoever plays. Um, obviously, we have we all have our preferences, but that's kind of my, my general feeling. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Nice. Um, we'll move into the game starting. And um, my first half thoughts were... Um, Chelsea, I was expecting us to be very counter-attacking um, historically because obviously Liverpool have been a fortress um, so I disregarded the recent performances at home um, and even then they've been kind of possession heavy in quite a few of them um, even despite the bad results so I expected us and given the lineup to sit back and kind of be defensively um, assert, astute and then um, kind of break with Timo's pace. Um, the game didn't pan that pan out that way. We dominated possession in the first half, and um, we looked good. We looked good value for um, a the first chance that we had disallowed due to a, a fractional offside, um, and then obviously the eventual goal. Uh, just give me a quick summary of your thoughts, Pels. Um, of the whole game or of just the first half specifically? Just the first half, just what you thought you saw initially. Yeah, I, th I think the the start of it was um, 
a little alarming in terms of just the, if you look at just how we built, we, we were kind of building play initially. Um, there was a lot of like tiki-taka <laughs> with the centre-halves and, and the keeper, but the ball beyond that was typically a, a longer one. Um, and I think my, my fear with like long balls over the top um, from that deep is that they've got to be really good usually to, to cause an issue. And if not, and, and, and Werner's not really somebody that jostles for, for position to kind of, you know, if the ball's, if the ball's not great, um, his hold-up's not there. So I felt like if we persisted with what was, with what was happening in the kind of first 10 minutes because of how high they pressed, um, the space, I mean, not space, sorry, but I just felt like we were going to keep conceding possession. Um, and the good thing was just that they slowly started to drop off in terms of, I don't know whether it's energy levels or intensity, but there was just a period where after the first 10, 10, 15, we started to get more of a foothold and then we started going into midfield a bit more. And then there was like a middle period of the first half where Mount kept picking up the ball in a, in a kind of, in a pocket, um, was driving at him, was was just literally popping the ball off to chill well, that sort of stuff. And I was just seeing a lot more joy in that area. So I felt more comfortable. Um, and then, the, the, the key kind of tenet or facet that I kept seeing was that we were able to then start to sustain pressure in their, in their half of the pitch. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I've been so impressed with how we've played under Tuchel, even though we've not created a lot of chances, even though um, we've not been, you know, scintillating going forward, I think structurally we've, we've been quite impressive. So the Southampton goal we conceded was like the one, was the one moment that they were able to get in. Um, and then in this instance, Again, like in this game, sorry, um, you see that like our, we're much higher up the pitch. We're we're occupying space, um, and I don't feel like we're gonna get sucker punched. And I think when we've played like Southampton, let's say at home last year, ironically with the same shape at home, um, there's unforced errors, but then we got punished. You know, we're, we're dominating possession, we get punished at the other end. You play Bournemouth, same thing, dominating possession. West Ham, dominating possession, really cramped up in these teams' halves. Um, and we're losing and 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 getting stuck a punch. And I think the the thing that really really impressed me is that we were able to do that um, in part to a team like Liverpool, with despite the lack of confidence in their game and their struggles with form, um, we were able to do it and and look quite assured in it. And then there was other moments that I also think is key is that there's other moments where we did completely just drop off because of you know the phase or the phase of play they were in or, or where we are in the game, but we didn't. Um, succumb to that pressure or sit on the edge of our box for the duration of the game and then crumble. Um, so there was, there was some really nice stuff out of possession. And then I think just the, both teams were looking for that kind of ball over the top. There was an early one from Reese down the line um, and there was a couple kind of um, into Werner. But I think what, what I liked about it is that we went away from just kind of hoofing it initially in the first 10, which is what it felt like. They were considered balls, but still like usually out of place um, or inaccurate. And then it kind of got, we got an element of control. Um, and I think, yeah, for the, for the, for a large period of, of the, of the first half, there was bits where, you know, it, it changed as games do, but I've, I just felt like we was in control. So I was, I was pleased. All right. So um, two major talking points in the first half. Um, we had Timo Werner's, offside decision um, which was very very um, minute in terms of um, how close it was um, so and then we had Mason Mount's goal which was um, ultimately the game winner so I'll kick it to Dan um, tell me your thoughts on give me your thoughts on both situations we'll start off with Werner's offside decision 
Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's annoying because obviously Werner needs a goal too. Um, so as the goal happens, obviously it it just seems like Chelsea was kind of um, attacking that that channel where Trent was because I think a lot of attacks came through there. Um, and yeah, obviously I think it was a Jorginho ball over to um, Werner. And yeah, so like the way it is on, with football now, they freeze frame it, they draw the lines. And as I'm watching it, Obviously, I'm thinking, okay, cool, it's offside, onside. Just from the freeze frame that um, the TV channel showing me, um, it looks onside. Obviously, his hand is offside. And um, I was on a Discord, and a lot of people, obviously, got ruled outside, um, offside. But um, when I saw that, I was thinking, okay, cool, it's going to be onside because he can't score with his hand. Um, so, yeah, it's just annoying because at this point, I think a lot of people are saying, okay, cool, we're not sure about the rules. Um but I, I don't I, listen. It was given offside. We st- we won the game, so I don't necessarily want to focus on it too much. But it was mad deflating. Obviously, as a fan um, on the Discord, we're doing bows, so like obviously we shouted loud, only for it to get chalked off. Um, and then just to see Werner as well, um, just because it must have felt like obviously he was linked with Liverpool in the summer too that was the club that you know he was supposed to go to he even came out openly saying this is the club I want to go to he's going through a tough time of it he started for him not only to kind of get through because obviously um, he was running through so he had some time to think about it he pulled it over the goalkeeper he had to fight because of the defender there to pull it in and for all of that to be chalked off and really and truly I don't I st- still to this point I don't think it was offside um, it's, it's annoying, but obviously in the grand scheme of things, we can't really complain because we won the, the match. In terms of Mount goal, Mount's goal, I said before the match, I don't want to see Mount playing an attack. And the reason why I don't want to see Mount playing an attack, and this isn't just Mount, it's Ziyech too. And so whereas um, Palumi, like maybe it didn't affect you to see Ziyech there as much. And all of these players are good players. Ziyech on his day, not just on his days, Ziyech, we know he's going to always try to find a final ball. We know that Mount's got a lot of good qualities. But for me, just because we're lacking goals, we bar- we've barely scored two goals in the game under um, Tuchel. And I know that defensively we're good, but this is Liverpool. This is Liverpool. Liverpool might score. So we probably need to score more than one goal unless, it's, unless, unless we're lucky or Liverpool are poor, poor. So when I'm looking at a front three of Mount, Werner, and um, Werner, obviously, low on confidence. And Ziyech, I'm thinking, listen, we're not going to score goals. Obviously, if that goal was onside, we've kind of scored two. But Mount, um, watching Mount kind of come up through the ranks, especially for the England youth team, what he used to always do is on an inside left channel, and if you guys cast your mind back to the Lampard season, I think he scored this type of goal against Southampton where he just kind of cuts in and shoots. I think he scored out a similar type of goal against maybe Leicester too. Maybe that was more central. But I definitely think um, if Mount is going to be someone that gets us end product, that inside left channel where he can cut in and shoot, Mount's good at that. Mount's got a great strike, but he just doesn't seem to find himself in a position like he found himself today where he can kind of cut in and do that shot. He's got that unlock. He can shoot. But I just feel like because Mount has kind of been shifted all over the place, one minute he's a left winger in a 4-2-3-1, which isn't the inside left channel. It's like touching the, the touchline. And then some, then he's a, a box-to-box. Then people want to be him, him to be a pivot. I feel like 
Mount is good at counter pressing, and I think especially on that inside left channel, he can cut in and shoot. And I know Werner plays there a lot, but for instance, um, there was a, a there was a part of the game I think in the first half where Werner worked that inside channel. And then he cut it across. But because we're not playing a striker, it went to no one. And it was one of those moments where it was like, someone should be there. But since Werner's the striker, there was going to be no one else there. But I, I definitely think that going forward, it'll be interesting because previously I was saying, I don't want to see Mount in attack. But that goal reminded me that Mount on that inside channel, when he cuts in onto his right foot, he's, he's probably, in terms of our squad, because Werner doesn't really cut in like that. You'd expect the striker that plays in the inside left to always cut him, but Vernon likes going down the line and then just, you know, cutting it back. And I think after seeing that goal, it kind of reminded me, I want to see Mount in that position more where he's cutting in and that means he can counter-press high, but we need Mount to get more goals. We need goals from somewhere. So, yeah, obviously um, I might take a bit of slack just because I was saying in Discord, in the WhatsApp before the game, I don't want to see Mount in attack, but the boy, he can't be beaten. Like, he's always proving people wrong and I was so happy to see him score that goal. Yeah, I think um, Money Mace has been dropping sevens consistently, but um, the last few games, I think um, I'd probably say he's been dropping eights at least, um, just with his consistency, his energy, his work rate. Um, it's been really something to um, admire. But um, we'll just quickly touch over the second half. Um, and uh, Liverpool did improve. But um, we kept our defensive shape. Um, we frustrated them. Um, we weathered the storm, and um, our, they, as as they made changes um, to try and go for the game, we made changes to um, we made changes to kind of um, take advantage of their changes and solidify our position in, in ahead of the game. So um, Kai. Um, was one of the three subs. We'll give him an ungraded just because he bet he had barely anything to do, um, barely any time to come on and impact the game at all. Um, Pulisic, Pels, what do, you, what do you think of Pulisic's game today? Yeah, there's there's a... Um, it's a I think the one of the issues that I think a lot of our players are going to have is that in the roles that I think Tuchel deems them to be capable of playing in, especially in, in this shape specifically anyway, um, I think a lot of them aren't that well suited to it. So when we do this, when the split striker thing happens and he, and he plays Mount in like a kind of 10 and then Werner and somebody else um, in the wide areas where he's made them subs, that typically is like wingers playing in that role, um, whether it be Callum. Um, I know Havertz has kind of done a, Havertz has done a job as like a false nine and whatnot before. Um, but the, the, my feeling is that simply that they're not kind of out and out strikers or players that are, are capable or best suited rather to playing in them roles. Um, so I, I take his performance with a pinch of salt. Um, he's like running hard, but he can't secure the ball. And I think when, when the team presses in the manner that Liverpool are pressing and pushing for the, for the goal, in, on a lot of occasions, the feeling from a Rudiger or Aspi or, you know, Kante is to, to just get the ball as far out the pitch as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, and, you don't expect kind of Pulisic or Werner in them in them instances to kind of jostle to win win possession or to or to um, keep hold of possession rather. So I think because of the state of the game, it was like it was a is a 
poor cameo, but it's not a poor cameo because he's a he's a poor player. It's, it's just linked, I feel like, to what he's being asked to do. Um, give us energy running behind. There was one one occasion where he's won a uh, a knock on header for for Werner. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like he shouldn't ideally be doing this role. Mm. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't a strong strong cameo from him. I think the done it a bit in the Spurs game as well, where he comes on and he. He's meant to bring this kind of chaos factor where he dribbles and then you hope that he draws somebody in and then let somebody, um, you know, lays the ball off for somebody on the run. But we just didn't have those opportunities in that half. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with it because I just think it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult role to play if if you're not if you're not a nine. Um, and I, yeah, I imagine you're probably going to move on to like you know the other subs in in terms of Kovacic. But again, that kind of five three two. Um, the five three two shape change, I don't think it, it helped a great deal either. So um it's it's a it's a difficult one because I think you you wanna keep the threat of the counter on, which is why you put someone like Pulisic on in terms of the pace. But then I think you you almost have to prioritize keeping the ball and retaining the ball. And I think that's why Kovacic comes on. But I I would have probably done that through someone like Giroud as opposed to um Pulisic and Kovacic immediately. I don't know if that's just me looking at it and reflecting upon it, but I imagine that one of them balls goes up, Giroud is going to have up Kabak. Do you get what I mean? As opposed to letting somebody, um, you know, just be there to, to pressure the ball. But it didn't it didn't hurt us, so I, I can't be too mad. Just quickly on Pulisic. Um, obviously, Pulisic is a weird one because Tuchel coming in, a lot of people assume Pulisic, because he's got priors with, with Tuchel, that he'd get a lot of game time. And obviously he hasn't. He's been used like mostly as an impact sub. And I, I can't remember where I read it. Either I read it or I heard it. But one of the reasons that was given for that is because apparently Tuchel was working on him and turning him into a nine. Um, so it is weird because this is not the first time that he's come on and he's played that role. Um, but I, and I don't... <laughs> obviously Pulisic isn't really scoring goals uh, obviously we think about lockdown form and he and he was but it, it seems like a weird one to me um, and I think um, the same way Pulumi says that you've got to be you've got to be patient with Pulisic this is someone who isn't really starting games regularly um, and this is someone that is playing a new role and do you know what I'm saying so I, like I, we won the game um, he didn't have a great cameo but you know, he's been asked to do a job that isn't natural to him. So that's my thoughts on it. All right, cool. Um, I'll quickly give my thoughts on Pulisic. Um, everyone knows um, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, but looking back, looking at his performances, under Frank, um, I kind of... Um, everything that we, in terms of our expectations on Pulisic, is based on an eight-game re- project restart period. Um, and he hasn't shown us glimpses of getting back to that level um, since that time, or even that he had that level in him prior to that time. So um, whilst I take into account um, him needing to win over a manager, um, play, adjust this new system um, and kind of do that whilst trying to, um, with limited minutes, mm-hmm. um, I just think I I I I ask myself when do we start saying okay Pulisic needs to get back to form um, Pulisic like on form is this and on form is that how many games do we go um, 
do, do we do we need to give Pulisic before we start saying okay maybe project restart was him beyond like his his absolute absolute peak of his powers or even beyond um his base level um in terms of top form so um that that that's my thoughts on it but we'll move on um from Pulisic and we'll talk about obviously the final substitution Kovacic from a for me from a tactical perspective um mm-hmm. He he just made sense to bit more legs in the mid bit more legs in the midfield. Um, Mount had ran himself um, put in a shift as as per, but Pels, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> Tipson, we just missed you, man. Sorry. Um, I was just saying, with Cobber, um, I just think he's been... he. It, it was just bringing on a steady pair of hands to kind of um, see out the game. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Pulisic's performance? Uh, I'll go with... You should get Pulisic out of your head, Tipson. You just said, what did you think of Pulisic's performance? Sorry, sorry, sorry. And you wrap um, it up saying... Um, your point about Pulisic that maybe lockdown form was was a Pulisic that was performing at his peak, but the guy is twenty one. All right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna end it like that. Like it's not necessarily his peak, you know what I'm saying? He's still got time to go, but obviously we understand that. Yeah, he needs to get back to form because it's very competitive in the in the attack. But you're asking us about Kovacic, and uh, all cards on the table. I couldn't see the second half that much because I was distracted by Discord. But um, they were saying on a, on a Discord that um, he was not having a good uh, cameo. What I did see is obviously <laughs> I saw him kick the ball into Mane's face, um, which um, it was it was good just because obviously it wasn't good him kicking the ball into the face, but it, it was more about the kind of we're not respecting obviously Liverpool are champions, obviously they're in bad form, but um, yeah, it was just good to have someone of Kovacic's quality to come on, especially like you can just imagine Liverpool are losing. Um, they want to get back into the match. Them seeing him coming on, it's probably a bit deflating because we do have a good squad. It's interesting though, because under Lampard, I think you, you, you get the whole fan base kind of analysing the pivot and it's like, this pivot's perfect. That pivot's perfect. This pivot's perfect. And rather than focus on the individuals, right now it just seems, okay, Tuchel can play any kind of combination and it's fine and um yeah so when coverage is coming on i think um you know people are are happy about it Jorginho, people aren't complaining about him and i think that shows more that the system is good um so yeah so like obviously from the little i saw um i just like the fact that you know you've got another busybody in there and we needed it because you know liverpool seemed that they were tired anyway i just feel like i'm so comfortable with us in terms of not giving the opposition um, too many chances. Um, and so like, I wasn't, once we went one nil up and it was towards the end, like 10 minutes towards the end, I wasn't fearing that we was gonna lose it. I wasn't fearing that much. Obviously there was a little bit, but I wasn't fearing that much that we would kind of concede. Um, so yeah, Kovacic, I can't really talk too much on his performance, but I like that um, little clash he had with Mane. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Mm. Um... Pre-game, and it's like I was—I really thought Liverpool were going to kind of pull together in that in this like weird spirit of Shankly thing that they do. <laughs> but, you know, like when they start singing 
um, you'll never walk alone and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, there's no fans, but when they do that stuff, I get a little bit shook to go there. Mm. And I felt like just because they've had a really tough week, obviously, with um, kind of personal things going on in, in the squad. And I just had a, I just felt like deep down it was going to pull something out of the bag. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of where my fear was from. Not so much the, even from a footballing perspective, but I just felt like there was, there was just going to be this weird wave of like, of grit that they were going to kind of show. Um, mm. But yeah, luckily, luckily he was right. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Nice. So um, we'll just talk about some individual um, performances. Um, with Ziek, my thing was um, he wasn't great again, um, but I can understand from a tactical perspective um, if we're going to be playing that counter-attacking ball, um, he's probably the most likely to put it on a six-pint um, for Timo Werner to run onto. And there was one ball um, that almost that that was almost that um else what did you think of it yeah like he's he's just got that he's got that kind of um quality in in his locker but i'm not gonna lie like his wand that one's been looking like more of a stick recently like i'm not really uh, seeing the range i'm not seeing the through balls i'm not really um and it's weird because he's somebody that of all the signings in the summer he was one that i was most kind of excited about yeah. um so it's yeah, I just think it's just I think he's just in a spell of, of bad form really. Um I think there was a lot of it, there's a lot of energy today, more energy than probably on Sunday, which is good. So he looked less lethargic. But yeah, for me it's just kind of it's, it's just not that impressive with the ball. But I think that it's weird as well. I think a lot of the players have been like that in possession, where the the mount kind of goal is something that like we've really missed in terms of just somebody executing something at a high level in the final third, mm. whether it be a cross, whether it be, uh, you know, shifting somebody. I think the likeliest of the pe- of people to do it has has, has been kind of Mount and Callum. And I, I think to some degree, it's always, it's harder when you're a wing back to, to kind of execute in that way. Um, so yeah, so watching watching Ziyech, I'm looking at him like, look at your age mates or look at your peers in terms of what, what Mount's doing on the opposite side. Um, he's more, I think he's more than capable of, of producing moments like that and more moments, but um yeah, I just feel like he's in a, he's in a rut at the minute, to be honest. Yeah, and, and you said age mates, but obviously um, Ziyech was brought in to be the senior player. Do you know, that, that was just the African saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. I didn't mean it literally, but, but yeah. I think it was still important because literally um, Ziyech was the signing. Forget about the forty million or whatever, but Ziyech was the signing that 
on this podcast, a couple of people were saying, yeah, okay, cool. Havertz will down the line. Obviously, he'll need some time. He's young, etc. But Ziyech was the sign, and I was like, yeah, cool. He can come in, be the leader, etc., etc. And it's a weird one just because maybe you're thinking, is it under Tuchel? Because um, obviously, he did well under Lampard. He had a little bit of an injury, came back, Tuchel comes in, and it's a different style. It's a manager that didn't buy him. Um, I watched back the Wolves game. He was trashing that game. Again, he was trashing the uh, Burley game. I don't think he's had even a mediocre game under us. I don't think since Tuchel's come in. Um, one thing I, I do like is, though, that Tuchel did give him this start as well, because I feel like it's harsh to bring someone in from the cold, give them a start, and then just dash them out. I feel like it's good to kind of give them time to warm. But two consecutive starts... Um, He's need, he needs to pull something together. I mean, I mean, there was just sometimes where it's like you're known for the pass, but the passing is off. And I know that we all know that Ziyech is a volume guy. So when it comes off, it's wonderful. But in this, in this team where we're not really creating that many good chances, like uh, it's, it's so disheartening to see. And I just, um, he's been linked with a move away. I feel like at this point, a lot of our fans are kind of in the back of their head secretly just wishing he goes <laughs> at this point. Uh, that's the kind of feeling that I'm getting. But um, yeah, I think the, the, the weird thing is with Tuchel is you never know where his head is at. Um, because like, the, like I said before, I thought he would be dragged off in the Man United game. He wasn't. I didn't think he would start this game. He, um, he did start. And I know that some, like... Tuchel kind of appreciates different things to the ordinary person. So at this point, I'm not sure whether it's Tuchel giving Ziyech a chance or maybe Tuchel's happy with him. Maybe he's giving him instructions, just do this, don't worry about losing the ball, don't worry about et cetera, et cetera, just do this. And maybe he's hitting the notes that Tuchel wants him to hit. Now, likelihood is that's not right, but I guess we'll see in the coming game if Ziyech keeps on starting. But yeah, I'd say again, not, not a good game from what I saw anyway. Cool. Um... Last couple of players, um, we'll touch on. We'll touch on um, Timo Bernard. Um, he had a very, very good game. One of his better games, in my opinion, for Chelsea. Um, I thought he was. He put himself about. He was the constant threat that we needed in behind um, to stop Liverpool from um, regular, consistently pressing us high. Um, and when and he linked up well when we played through their pressing and ultimately he um, denied probably a, a harsh a harsh goal via an offside decision. But um, even if you take away that him not scoring, his um, overall contribution to the game was was um, integral to kind of how Tuchel wanted to set out. So. Um, is this something? Do you see the evolution in his game? Um, I mean, he before his touch was really, really bad when he first came. His link-up play was non-existent. He literally tried to all he did was stand in a halfway line and just expect that ball to go to to run in behind. And like he just looked very confused when teams were sitting at the edge in front of their box um, and there was no space to play. Um, are you seeing growth in Timo's game, um, Pels? Um, not, not me, not me personally. Um, I think the the key thing with today is is obviously the the manner in which Liverpool um kind of defended. Um, they I don't know why they do it, but they're committed to it. Um, to the high line, 
despite maybe not having a personnel and obviously the the with with how high their fullbacks get as well, it's it's almost criminal in in this instance because you know what someone like Werner wants to do. Um, so I think we just exploited that or, or played played um, that ball more more often than we usually do because I think we knew that 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 was on and also obviously more 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 often than we usually do because we were we were allowed to like most teams don't play how Liverpool play um, and rightly so because it's it's like they look like a bunch of clowns um, at the back and. I think they're a really, really good team when they've got all of the, all of their personnel. But um, it, it 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 it's made someone like Werner look, in my opinion, a lot better than he is. Um, and I give him credit in a, in a sense that his his runs were willing, and he had the desire to kind of um, he had the desire to get in behind, and he 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 made runs frequently, and he was a nuisance, and like he was able to kind of be a pest. But I think when you use language, when I use language like that about a striker, I think more of like lower tier forwards in terms of their their attributes are linked to how hard or how much of a, a nuisance they make of themselves as opposed to their quality. Um and I, I think that's always going to be my issue with him ultimately that is is that there there is a lack of execution in the final third. Um the runs him he's just quick. He's just really, really quick. He's and and I think if you you tell your your team to kind of find him um and you instruct that then you're going to get some joy in behind. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to be reductionist. Like I'm not trying to downplay his performance today because I think he was a threat. But you look at the number of times um, he gets into certain positions in games, not just today. Um, well, I mean, I know the games about the, or the pods about today, but you just look at it generally. I don't think there's an evolution. Um, I think it, I think that would be a serious overstatement. I think he's a threat because he's quick and he's intense and he's always going to have that. Um, there was a, there was there was some nice touches. So there was a touch um, where the ball come over the top early on, where he just shot it on the half volley. And I think that aspect of his game, in terms of the confidence, he he tried to cut in, um, didn't really take many touches. I don't think he took a touch really at all. He just kind of shifted it once and then shot, as opposed to kind of really driving in. Um, so maybe there's a there's a element of confidence back in his in his belief of, in his shooting and his ability to score. Um, but his game is is no different to what it was, you know, in, in the early weeks of the season when he'd just come and he was winning pens against Brighton and that sort of stuff. For me personally, um, I think the the central striker role today fit and worked well um, and I'm happy with it and um, we won the game. So there's no, there's kind of no bad blood or nothing negative directly to say, but I'd say that... Um, yeah, I just think people need to really, really think about what they want in a nine, man. Like, if you, if you, what you really, you look at real quality forwards and and the performances they turn out. Um, it it goes far beyond running in behind. That's that's my my take on it. Um, so he's he's a he's a decent enough striker, but um, and it was it was a good or decent performance today. Um, I find it really hard to praise players I don't rate. I'm realizing now. That I don't <laughs> Really yeah, bad. So yeah, no, it's I just I just think um I think you yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Man. You've managed but, you've managed to celebrate the fact that he, he controlled the ball, so you, you you're doing well. But um this was almost like a Bundesliga game for Werner because obviously there's two German managers, um Klopp's committed to playing this kind of high line. You can see if the philosophy, if the predominant philosophy in that league is to play like this, you can see how Werner eats. Do you know what I'm saying? We've watched the Bundesliga's games. It's been crazy because obviously lockdown, 
Um, their league came back first, so we got to see it. It's crazy the amount of teams that kind of, even the lower teams that kind of push high up and they're spacing behind. So obviously, like, he had three or four chances today. So obviously there was the goal. But um, yeah, so like, he was a nuisance today. Uh, we are looking for a striker, clearly. Like, sometimes the noise in terms of transfer room is just so much, you know, even if it's not Haaland, we're looking for a striker. I, I do think, listening to Werner, um, he's very open about his mental state. And he's, I was reading an article and he said that, listen, if I can't contribute to the team through goals, I'm just going to have to work hard for the team. So it's, it's very weird because usually there's a shame that comes to, to not scoring. Um, and Werner's talking about this as a time in his career where he's just not used to, um, you know, shooting blanks. But I think Tuchel uh, has done great too because I think um, he seems like a good man-manager. Um, even the hudson Adoy thing, the double sub, like, I remember, actually, there is kind of a few kind of parallels with Mourinho when he first came. And the first parallel I wanted to make was, obviously, the Joe Cole thing. Um, for you, for those that don't know, I think he subbed him and Sean Wright Phillips early. But Joe Cole, after that, became one of these most kind of, like, devoted, loyal guys. And I think there's a difference with Lampard, where sometimes he'd just, you know, send people to the gulag. And they'd almost become an enemy of Lampard. But I remember that first Mourinho campaign, like he would kind of daggle the carrot and the stick and that would work. And with Tuchel, I'm kind of seeing it too. He kind of knows when to kind of, you know, at this point, it seems like anyway, I don't want to get carried away. But the reason why I'm saying this is with Werner, he seems to be building up his confidence. He seems to be like putting him in a team. I don't think when, when he drops Werner, it's not like, oh my God, he's dropped Werner. He's still kind of building him up. Um, and Werner, like Pels mentioned earlier, that, that touch that he did to bring it down, we all celebrated on a Discord because we are so used to inconsistent touches for, from him. And yeah, um, I don't think that Tuchel sees him in the future as the number nine, but I do feel like Tuchel's going to work to keep him in one of those kind of two positions behind the, the, the nine if we do continue playing this formation. But yeah, it, it was good. Um, he was good today. He, he scored the goal that unfortunately got chalked off. Um, but yeah. Cool. Um, we got to just quickly, but um, very briefly touch on um, the man of the match, um, which is Andreas Christensen. Um, he stepped up when Thiago Silva being out was a bit of an issue. Um, for me, he was, he's, pro he's tailor-made for that back free system. Um, he can show his um, kind of, intelligence on the ball um he was progressive with his passing and um he wasn't afraid like the rest of the defense and midfield to try and break through liverpool's press whenever they did try and come onto us um in periods of the game um have we seen christensen turn a corner or is he playing in a system that um gets the best out of him uh dan um do you know what I, what I'd say is just because we kind of control the ball so much and we're committed to playing the other team's half, I think a lot of the kind of duels and the battle type things that defenders have to go through, that's limited more. And I think a lot of people, this is just maybe, this is just an assumption for me, but potentially why he works better in this system is because we enforce our game onto the other team a lot more. And it means that, you know, like when you're playing... Um, like under Lampard where the transition so someone's doing a long ball up 
and you're constantly having to battle, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like maybe he's having to do less of that side of the game. And maybe um, it's now more tilted in his favour, which is, you know, keeping the ball in tight positions because the ball's been played more on the floor. Um, or maybe it's because he's surrounded by a back three. So he's got people to be the aggressor, like a Rudiger near him and like an Azpi near him. Um, but yeah, in general, um, I think I think it was the Aston Villa game where he, he had a battle, he had a duel with Grealish, went to the floor. And this is off the back of us seeing, I remember the Everton game where I think Calvert-Lewin made him go on the floor. And I, I, I've been hearing Sari talking about how he has nerves before the game. And I was just thinking, you don't seem to have the mentality of a defender um, for the top level. I don't, this, I don't usually like to judge players on hearsay. So all of this, Sari said this, I don't like to take that too much because, you know, a lot of it is rubbish or a lot of it could be just PR that maybe a manager wants someone out or whatever. But what I just really disliked about him was the pansiness in terms of going down, holding his head, staying down and all that type of stuff. And I just feel like um, you don't want that because you can be bullied. Now, this, this, this new Christensen, since Thiago Silva's been injured, it's difficult because I know a lot of people are thinking, do I buy in, do I pick up stocks or not? Um, I'm here for it, man. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I don't want to get too excited, but I, I just feel like sometimes it can be a type of thing where, you know, you, if you put a lion in, in the sea, they're not going to look like the king of the jungle. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think maybe Christiansen under Lampard just looked bad because of the way we were playing. Um, and maybe what a lot of people are saying, which a lot of people are saying is if, if you sell Christiansen to a Germany or to a, another league where it's more ball playing and he doesn't have to do that kind of part of the game, then he'll look great. And he has looked great so far. The only thing is you can't escape playing these type of players in the Premier League. So I'm still kind of holding out completely. But yeah, another good, man of the match, another great performance. Pels, what you, what's your thoughts on Christensen? For me, like, I think there's no, there's no shame in celebrating when a player's doing well. Um, I think people's issue typically is just that, like, when they are doing well, everyone just gets carried away and then they become the best thing since last bread. Um, he's, a, he's a tidy player in terms of in possession. He's, he's a calm player in possession. Um, I think the covering work he does as a centre-half in terms of especially today, so, like, just some of the, the longer balls that would go in behind and um, his ability to recover um, was good. I agree with Dan in that in terms of physical battles, um, you know, he's not the strongest. And I also think it's okay to to praise or to accept that, yeah, in, in particular systems, some players are better than better than in others. Um, and if you I don't think that this is a long-term way, personally. That's that's the the impression I get. Um more based on what Tuchel's done before. Um so it will be interesting to see whether or not he can he can transition this form into another um you know, into another shape or another system. And even like within saying that as well, when we when we played Barnsley and he was right centre back, I'm sure that he was the one that got subbed when we went to a back four. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. Um I've I've got a strong feeling. Yeah, and yeah, no, but I think actually that might have been because of an injury. But to be fair, um I, I'm happy with what he's doing, but it doesn't really change my opinion of him in terms of he's a he's, he is a decent player. Um but maybe just not quite at the level that I, I personally would want my centre-half to be. 
And I think I see a lot of comparisons with Stones and you look at how Stones has come on now, but I think Stones is a lot steelier than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, he does like a bite. He does like a challenge. He does, obviously he's not got the physique, but he does like to kind of nip in and, and get in, in that in that sort of, um, in them duels. Um, so people maybe have mislabeled him because he likes to do the kind of fancy stuff on the ball. Um, Whereas with Christensen, yeah, there there are question marks about how willing he is to to basically get in a in a real scrap. Um, and I, the one thing I will say is that, which is a credit to Tuchel, is that we, I think we played with with this exact same back three against like Sheffield United last year. Yeah, in the three nil, um, absolutely hammered, ransacked, bullied, mm-hmm. crashed, everything like disgraceful. Yeah, um, and. Um, I'm lit. I don't think there's like there's anybody that like gets more irritated by some of the things that Antonio Rudiger does. Um, <laughs> but the fact that the three of them have have looked to looked assured, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's not just like it's not accidental. They look assured um, to have that confidence, to have that level of um, consistent performance as well. Because then, then none of them. Um, are you know considered top top defensive talents? I know Aspi's like considered like a resolute defender, but we can see that he's kind of on his way down in terms of peak performance. None of them are, are at the top of their game in terms of what people perceive to be the best defenders in, in the world or in the league or whatever. Um, but they're putting in some really really strong performances, and obviously part of it is down to the system, absolutely. But within the system. We, we all know about them pesky individual errors that used to come up um, and that aren't coming up anymore. And, and I think people need to kind of take a, take a note of that and, and recognise that actually, yeah, m- maybe the instructions are different. Maybe the the security of the team players ahead of them is different, whatever, but it's all working. It's working. And I think that's, that's something to celebrate. Um, so credit to Christensen. I think it, it, it felt like a, it felt like a Cahill David Luiz performance. You know, like I think we played City maybe, and like one time, and just David Luiz and Kehl K- at the near post, and yes. then David Luiz in the centre. That's what Rudiger and, and Christensen felt like, like imperious. The way, like some of the headers, he kind of he was turning away were brilliant. So, um, no, it was a good performance from him, man. Um, I don't like I said, I don't know how I feel about him long term, but he's doing well now. So, we'll, we'll a, stay on the ride, man. There's a thing about all of this long term. Obviously, I think Tuchel's been here. For- 10 games, we've conceded two goals. There's a little bit of, okay, cool. Rudiger's looking okay now. Do we buy in long-term? Christiansen's looking okay now. I know even like Jorginho, he's, he divides the fan base and a lot of people are seeing, okay, cool. He's offering us something, but is this just the new manager? Is this like an extended new manager bounce or is that check going to bounce soon? I think um, the, the, the most important thing is, is like you can see immediately a change in terms of, for me, defensively, we're not relying on individuals. As Pearls mentioned, in terms of individual errors, it seems no matter who comes into the system, we're not really conceding goals. So part of it makes me not want to put too much um, stock into the players, but just give the credit to the manager and the coaching team in terms of if all of these players are coming in and they're doing fine, that's just great coaching, man. Well said, well said. Um, just before we kind of wrap it up, um, I wanted to touch on um, kind of Tuchel's tactics and team structure. And 
the formation question three four three if it's not broke don't fix it for me um with the biggest thing about Tuchel's tactics um in comparison to Frank when um this season is there's the there's a clear kind of um, game plan and idea when we, whenever we approach games, and um, the fact that it's diverse and it and it varies depending on the opposition is just a bonus. So under Frank, for me, there were times where um, the attack, um, even though it still seems like it's the case, a little bit of the case for now um, under Tuchel, there was times where. Frank just it just seemed like Frank just set the attacking three up to just kind of just told him go win us the game mm-hmm. um but with under Tuchel especially um a game like tonight where there was a clear clear need to be disciplined and execute um a well rehearsed game plan um in terms of breaking the lines being that threat in behind um taking advantage of Liverpool's um inability to press high at times um I thought um, that 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 was the biggest takeaway. So, Pels, what did you think? I think the so structurally, there's there's I've got a question mark over how the front three um, are positioned out of possession. So, one thing I always notice is that um, it happened. In, I think the first time I noticed it was Burnley, where um, when you press, when teams sometimes press, or how some some teams press is that they they try to corner off or almost. Um, condense one area of the field so they'll like kind of I don't know the body shape of the striker pushes pushes you towards the touchline and then somebody else follows up from the other side and then you kind of have that um your your whole team almost pushing them or dictating where they go and then you you condense or, or um kind of pressure them into a mistake with us um we have two players do it and then so like Ziek and Werner did it a lot but then Mount was was stuck with Trent so that was deliberate because I know he was obviously tracking Trent. But in the Burnley game, or or before I move on to that, I think what happens is that you then haven't the opposition always has an has an outball. And then what happened what would happen is that they, they would move it to the left, but then Reese James was there to kind of push on and press. Um I think the issues that I see in that sometimes is just that I think teams have a lot a little bit more time to build. Um because it might take a little bit of a, a few more seconds for, for Reese James to pr- to press on or um, the ball into midfield um, is on because obviously we've got we've got one less guy um, in the centre compared to most teams. Um, so I think that's something I'm just a little bit worried about, and it's, it's, it makes me a little bit nervous when I look at it. I think the Southampton goal come from just it being a bit too open because of the way that that front three was engaged. I don't I don't can't remember off the top of my head, but I just felt like they had a free run through the middle when they scored. Um, and it's rare. Um, that that instance is rare, but just that kind of ability to get out is isn't, and I, and that's something that I worry about slightly because when you when you face teams maybe with better ball playing centre halves or um, that that actually want you to kind of do that, then they draw you out a bit easier. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like when we play a City, for instance, um, how we kind of compete against that. Um, the three four three overall for me isn't a bad thing, and I've I've, I've always taken the same sort of um, view of shape that um, Tuchel has. I'll never forget um, me and Dan like, discussing about what a defensive shape is, basically, like, what is inherently defensive as a manager, mm-hmm. um, like, for, or, uh, uh, inherently defensive formation, sorry. Um, and I think the, 
I like the use of conservative earlier when you spoke about James playing, because I think the you can make you can you can do crazy stuff in any shape. I think you can have you know high flying wing backs that turn it into a, a free or almost like a five up, and then there's like five back or whatever. You can it can tra- change into anything. So what I've been happy with is that the principles of how we've tried to play have always been quite con- always been quite consistent and, and about being progressive or proactive. Um, and I think that comes from the defensive line in terms of how high you you choose to push your team. Um, but then within it, there's there's like a flexibility because we don't just commit to staying all the way up the field. We're more than capable of dropping. I think there was less space for Liverpool in behind generally than there was um, for us. Um, so they've got like good reference points or understanding, understanding of where they need to be on the pitch um, as a kind of back line. And his thing is just, He's, he said is that the shape isn't that important. It's about how we live the live the shape or live the principles. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm personally not too concerned whether it's 4 3 3, 3 4 3. My biggest thing with those shapes is just about who is in their best position or who is most comfortable in, in whatever shape it is. Um, and I think I see this as kind of like a means to an end in terms of I've just come in and we need to get the, the ball rolling in the maybe in the safest way possible. Um, but I'm hoping that as as we assess the, as he assesses the squad and as he has more time to to coach and blah blah blah, we move away from this purely based on how I see where everybody is best suited, more so than having an issue with a three four three generally. Yeah, um, um, my thing on it is, I guess echoing echoing Paul's that I think there's a degree of trust in two call. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So it's almost like I can sit back, relax, and I don't I, like. Uh, I think Pearls mentioned earlier, regardless of personnel who's picked lineup to lineup or formation that's picked, it seems well informed. It seems well thought about. I do remember Bayern Munich, the second leg, post, um, um, not post lockdown, but when we came back in the restart, just watching Bayern Munich, what was so impressive about them is that they would change in game to whatever our tactic was. And it was like, how did they change so swiftly? So when we was trying to just do crossing inshallah, they could handle it. When we try to do a different thing, they could handle it. And watching Tuchel, like um, Pearls was saying, we're so adjustable. Um, even when we do play a 3-4-3, three, three, I do feel like if we need to change, I think there was one game, I can't remember what the game was, but we went to four at the back during the game. So I feel like we're so adjustable. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter as much. I think from Lampard, if I'm, if I'm Lampard watching Tuchel's Chelsea, and maybe he doesn't change his philosophy, but... I just wish that Lampard wasn't so obsessed with not having possession because I, like, he does seem to have a disdain for possession. And this kind of whole question you was asking was about how you think our attack's doing. I think most of us can admit our attack in terms of shape, like, yeah, maybe today we we we, we had an attacking pattern to try to get the, the ball to Werner fast so we can get him behind. But generally, I don't think that bit, that part of our system has been solved yet. But I just feel like because we keep the ball so much and we don't mind keeping the ball. Um, and we, and obviously with the system as well, it, it kind of lends a bit more to be defensive when we need to be. I just feel like we don't have to score that many goals to win. And we don't have to, we don't lose as many because we don't concede that much. And I just feel like um, our attacks benefit from the fact that Tuchel is as obsessed about, you know, not just the defense, uh, defense the actual true defending in terms of, aerial duels etc etc but defending through possession 
And that just takes the pressure off us having to score so many goals because, you know, we keep the ball, we're dominating, we're not really conceding that many chances. So attacking-wise, I can't really see much great. Obviously, that area of the field is probably one of the areas that is being rotated more often than the rest of the field too. So I'm not necessarily expecting that. Plus, attack is hard to teach. And the way he teaches attack in terms of training methods, um, making them find different solutions, that's not something that's going to, you know, give you dividends straight away. So... So that's um, the attack I'm not necessarily impressed with. What I am very impressed with, two goals in 10 games. A lot of people are saying, who have we played? Oh, we've just played Tottenham, but they're defensive anyway. Oh, Atletico Madrid, but they're defensive anyway. This is Liverpool now. I know know a lot of people are going to say, oh, but Liverpool are in a downturn. But so far, test after test, I think maybe the biggest praise I can give is, remembering Mourinho when he first came in, when we drew, it felt like a loss. And we've drawn a couple of games on Tuchel and people have gone crazy. Like, Lampard could have done this, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like we're getting to this stage where where we're drawing, it's feeling like a loss. And that's a that's the step up that we need. Obviously, the, the, um, the Mount goal was good today, but I do feel like that attack still needs to be addressed. But yeah, all in all, and in terms of system and structure, it can change, the formation can change, the personnel can change. Like there, there is a trust in Tuchel knowing what he's doing because he's got the experience, obviously. Yeah, well, um, well said, both of you. Um, Pels, um, you said the Man City test um, will probably be a good barometer of the tactics that Tuchel employs. I think um, next time we play Man City will be the 8th of May which is probably um, a month that will make or break our season because we start off with Fulham um, on the 1st, then we go to away to Man City on the 8th. Um, four days after that, we've got Arsenal at home. Three days after that, we've got Leicester at home. And then we go away to Villa on the 23rd. Um, so, yeah, that that month is one that will be probably um, a big one. All right, just to, um, we'll, we'll quickly touch on um, Everton as the final, final point. Um, and um, I'll just say, your kind of, um, what are your thoughts and feelings about going into the Everton game before we wrap up um, on Monday? Um, Pels, what do you think? Um, I am confident. Um, I, I feel like Everton are very like adaptable in a similar way that we are. Um, they don't necessarily have a defined way, but They've got a determination and just an understanding of, of kind of what they're... Just of that specific game, it seems like. Um, and, I, and I think that's going to be interesting because I know they'll look at us and think, yeah, this is what they do and we, we want to kind of stifle them. Um, individually, I'm not super, super worried about them. The one thing that I, would, I used to say under Lamps was that where a team brought intensity or vigour or aggression... Um, whether it be at the start of the game or, you know, things are okay and then the momentum would shift. I felt like we always succumbed to that pressure. Um, but that's something that's significantly changed um, under Tuchel where that I don't really fear anyone's wave of attack really or like um, I'm not shook that aggression is going to be the reason that we, you know, we, we crumble. Um, so I'm, I think I'm... When I look at their players and I just look at their, the bodies that they have in their squad, I'm not, I'm not personally fearful of anyone. Like the guys that people rate, I don't really rate over there. So um, 
<laughs> we should be all right. I feel like. Who do you rate? Who do you rate? No, Mbappe, Mbappe and the man. That's it. That's it. Generational talents. All right, um, Dan. Um, um, what... DCL gave Christiansen a bad day, like I said earlier in the pod. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, it's going to be interesting too, just coming off the high of a big win. That's dangerous territory because that's the type of territory where the manager has to, kind of has to remind them, okay, cool, you've just won against Liverpool. Don't you? Ha- you need to kind of bring the same energy. Um, so, so yeah, because like as the fan base as well, like, I feel like we probably kind of have to try to control ourselves because for some reason, it's this is the type of thing where we kind of set ourselves up. And then it comes when we need to win, where it feels like we're kicking on. I feel like there's a Chelsea thing that's happening right now where it's like, where we feel like, okay, cool, this is, we can get into not necessarily a title race, but like for top two type of thing. This is where we start dropping the ball. And we haven't lost under um, Tuchel yet. We do seem to be able to contain teams, but what that's just going to do is that's just going to inspire other teams to want to be the first team to beat Tuchel the longer it goes on. Um, so yeah, so like this is another game. Like I, I expected to, I expect to lose this this Liverpool game. I expected Liverpool to be the one to kind of do it. And now I'm kind of maybe I'm just pessimistic, but I'm just I'm, I'm thinking that Everton is going to be a tough game. Um, it's going to be a really tough game. Not not because they have individuals like um, Pell said. I know that Richarlison decided to find form just before coming to Chelsea, which is probably a good thing because usually we are the team that kickstarts people, that gives people that jump start, but. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to have people that can hurt us. It's going to be a difficult one. Let's just hope we keep on marching on. Nice. And um, that brings us to the end of this episode of Chessie Hour. Um, Dan, thank you for your time. Pels, always a pleasure. And um, thank you, the listener, um, for tuning in. And uh, we hope to speak to you next time. Cool. Last, last thing for me. And um, we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna rewatch the match, and we're gonna have like uh, next day analysis on the Patreon tomorrow. So, yeah, sign up. It's gonna be me, probably Babs and Shems. All right. So, peace.
ghost I remember when I shot my shot but I didn't have guap so I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it Sports Social Podcast Network